mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week it's Time Loop. We're talking about Palm Springs and Primer. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week it's Time Loop. We're talking about Palm Springs and Primer. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I could do this all day. My name's Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week it's Palm Springs and Primer. Did you get? Did you get the little joke I was doing? I there? got it. I was like, I was like, I was like, are you testing? And then after the second one, I'm like, oh, I know what I know what Dan's doing. <laughs> I am. T- I am. T- I probably am very testing. Oh god, I was up for three hours writing that joke last night. Oh, brilliant. It's the best joke I've got. It's not going to get any better than that. So if you want it to, I'll just turn off right now. To be honest. Um, Two films based on the theme. I've done that bit, right? After that, yeah. we're going to announce the topic for the next episode. But we're not going to pick them yet. But we'll talk more about that when we get to that section of the show. The final section is Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible film. This time it's mm-hmm. you. You had to watch The Love Guru. So much love. So much love yep. for The Guru. I, I can't wait to hear about that. It's a film that's a very strange one. It's a film that's uh, I've never had the pleasure. You know, maybe after this review, you might just be like, oh, I've got the urge to watch this film. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, you never know. That yeah. is the beauty of Stitch Up. Like, you get to experience films vicariously through the other person. So if it's something you're curious about, but you think that's so terrible, <laughs> I'm never going to watch it, you can just give it to the other person. And then we're going to announce the poll results for the last Stitch Up, which you put on Instagram, and then we'll announce the films for the next poll. But before we get to that part, the first section of the show, we just have a bit of a carte blanche. We talk about whatever we want. Anything goes. So how have you been, mate? I have been good. I've been still busy with work, considering we're in post-production, but uh, let's not go into too much details about that. I went away last weekend, which was really nice. Me and a colleague from this current job, we stayed in Venus Bay and then we did a day trip to Wilson's Prom, which uh, it's really lovely. It's like the southern uh, east point of Australia. Okay. So, yeah, I got to did like a couple-hour hike around there and went to the beach and, yeah. It was lovely. It was good to get oh. away. I think I needed it after Yeah. After everything. Or well, after a year of being indoors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous that you, you you've got all these beautiful places around you to go and visit. We've got some nice places over here, but it's uh it's not as nice, is it? I mean the weather's not very good here at the moment, but with you, I expect it's blazing sunshine and getting a barbecue. It looks pretty out. sunny over there at the moment. It's deceiving because the sunshine beams directly through my window at this time in the morning. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's bright, but it's bloody cold. There's been ice and snow in some parts of the country. It's uh, yeah. Our uh, our last s- snow-based episode ended up being quite topical, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Completely planned, obviously. Yeah, of course. But you've been all right though, so you got the chance to get away. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to, friend? I had a bit of drama the other day. I, I, I was just about to watch Palm Springs and I went out into the kitchen area and I could hear like a water sound. 
Oh. A water sound is the last, it's the very last sound you want to hear, isn't it? I've gone into the, uh... Uh, the shower room and there's just a puddle of water and uh, I've stepped a little bit further in and yeah, there's a, a pipe burst and it's like Niagara Falls in there. There's water pissing oh, out shit. everywhere. So I'm panicking. Oh, no. Didn't know where the stopcock was. <laughs> Managed to isolate <laughs> it, obviously, at, at the sink. But there was water everywhere, so I had to basically change the tap. I say I, when I say I, I mean Albert. Albert just happened to have uh, the exact uh. tap in his, in his cupboard under the stairs. And he uh, came <laughs> around and cha- changed the tap. So the panic, the panic of trying to remove panels with eight screws in while water's pissing out in your face. Uh, it's not much fun. And I've got a few cuts and stuff on my hands. Just nothing major, a couple of grazes and stuff. And I've noticed it a lot that... Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, that since we've all been sanitizing our hands a lot more with this alcohol rubbing gel, my hands are stinging every couple of days because I've just noticed oh, yeah. cutting my hands and I didn't realize how much I did it. But uh, yeah, after removing those panels, I got three or four little cuts and slices it's on my cuts. hands and I cleaned them out nicely with hand sanitizer. So cut hands and wet floors. That's been my week, mate. Um, it, yes. was it was shit. It was shit. It was shit. And then I managed to, and then after all that, I managed to sit down and watch Palm Springs. So um, it's lucky it was a comedy, really, and not like a, a drama-heavy one. I'm glad we didn't have a really yeah. complicated time travel film to watch, you know. No. <laughs> not so like Primer, you know. It's not really complicated. It's not that complicated. No? I got I got the gist of it, don't you worry. Oh, you can explain <laughs> it to me then. So, yeah, not, not the best, but, you know, it's dealt with now. And just, oh, you just carry on, don't you? You just take care of the problem and then yeah. you just cowboy on. And it's like, yeah, hopefully nothing goes wrong today. But it will. <laughs> and then you deal with that as well. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm all good, mate. Uh, I'm over the Rona now. So I'm, I think I'm Woo-hoo! 100% now. So, no, I've got a little tiny, tiny little cough. But apart from that. I think I'm a hundred percent. So that's all good. So it only took about four weeks to get Shit. right over it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just wanted to let everyone know that I'm better and I'm fine and I'm cheersing myself with a drink of monster. Well, should we talk about films? To be fair, I've only seen the films for the podcast this past week, but I've watched a couple of TV shows. All right. Let's talk about TV shows then. I'll, I'll cut that part <laughs> out. Do you want to talk about TV shows? All right. <laughs> so I've only watched two shows, and shamefully, one of them was Bridgerton. I've never heard of it. What's that? Really? Oh my god! What is it? Oh, it's like this period show that's just come out on Netflix, like for the last couple of weeks. Let me tell you, Dan. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to watch it. I like. I watched a few episodes, and I was like, oh. I'm not really into this, but I'll just might as well finish it. I think it's only eight episodes. So, yeah, it's period show and, like, uh. it's the summertime and it's all about, you know, meeting meeting your, like, your future partner kind of thing. <clears throat> and then there's also Miss, Mrs. Whistledown who... Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Who? Mrs. Whistledown or Mrs. Whistledown. Mrs. Whistledown? Mrs. Whistledown. It's Mrs. Whistledown. But what has been happening oh, in the parties? Oh, and- 
all the gossiping about how Mr. Fairweather was looking at Mrs. Potworthy in the garden, and he looked at her and you should have seen a look in his eye. I kid you not, that's like the type of shit that happens in this TV show. (laughs) So Bridgerton's um, one of the families, I forgot the eldest daughter's name but you know she's got this crush on her brother's best friend and they end up being together spoiler alert and because they kiss they have to get married oh it's really bizarre it's a mix of gossip girl slash maybe 50 shades of gray because it's it can be raunchy at at points of it (laughs) oh it's like two worst things to cross over i mean who agreed to that whose pitch meeting was like gossip imagine uh, imagine gossip girl meets uh 50 shades of gray no thanks i'm Mm. I'm just while you were talking about it i just googled it and i've looked at a picture and there's a a woman in a big yellow dress in one of those puffy ones you know just kinks out at the bottom and it's like about eight foot she wide you get like red a hair. livestock under there um no, it looks like she's got one of those white hair <laughs> judge type wigs on i don't know what you call them history is not my not, oh not my she's way. i think she's she might be the queen maybe i don't know anyway queen? yeah oh, it does uh, look quite yeah it does look quite queeny in that room yeah loads of wood paneling on the walls it's based off a book apparently I, I, it looks like it's based on a book there's a man on a horse with a big hat. It was okay. I didn't love it. I'll trust your judgment. I mean, I'm not, even if you said it was the best thing you've ever seen, there's no way that I'd watch that. <laughs> no sci fi in it or anything. No one gets beamed up to space or no lasers, giant lasers, squids. No. Disappointing. And then the other show that I watched was Superstore, which is a comedy series. I think there's like six seasons, so only half an hour episodes. Mm. And it's based in a like massive kind of Walmart style. So it's got like literally everything with like vegetables to appliances. And it's just about the colleagues that work there and how life is working in a in a store and just like little dramas like romantic dramas and you know people doing silly shit and i i liked it because i used to work i worked at woolies yeah anyone that lives in australia i worked i worked at a supermarket for 13 years and i just it was kind of relatable to me so i've enjoyed this uh series on that aspect but that's literally all i've watched this past week Superstore. Oh, I, that, I think I've seen that advertised on maybe Netflix. On Netflix, or... maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just popped up on Netflix here in Oz. So. Is, is it Australian? Is it an Aussie show? No, no. It's an American show. But I think possibly Netflix has just popped it on all the different, on, on Netflix globally. Yeah. I've watched a couple of films last episode we did our time loop picks mm-hmm. one of my picks was predestination and you didn't pick it it's not never gone on so i thought fuck it i'm gonna watch it so i, I watched it i haven't seen it for a while excellent really holds up difficult to talk about without spoiling it so i won't go into any more details other than what i spoke about last week where i did a little synopsis and just said who was in it and all of that stuff but it's a very mm-hmm. good film and it holds up to a rewatch really good cast there's some, a couple of really good characters in it the, st- the central story is still mind-blowing and the kind of shock factor of that you know the rewatch has not suffered from losing 
the surprise, if you like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I would recommend watching that. I watched a film called The Last Supper with Sarah, which was very good. Came out in the 90s. It's about a group of friends that have a dinner party every Sunday evening and they invite over a guest. And the hosts are all kind of left-wing liberal types, but very aggressively, shall we say. Okay. It's kind of a question of morals and you know, what's right, what's wrong, how far is too far, that sort of thing. That was very interesting to watch. I've not seen anything quite like that before. Very simple film, but told very well and snappy, short, didn't outstay its welcome. It reminded me of a bit of a, of a film, not in the kind of story it was, but there's another film that's a group of people in a room talking and it's called The Man, what was it called? The Man from Earth. It's about, I might have spoken about this before. Oh, yeah, 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 you have. But it's um, in that one, it's just a dude who, a college professor, leaving his job and he tells his colleagues, Oh, I'm 10,000 years old. And they're like, I don't believe you. Because why would you? But again, it's just a group of people talking in a room. But I, I can enjoy those if the dialogue's good enough and it's an interesting enough concept. I think they could be quite good and low budget as well. Complete contrast to that, I watched Bad Boys for Life because bad boys is that why you got your cap on backwards today <laughs> yeah because i've been watching bad boys oh i love bad boys for life it's great i love bad boys I hate bad boys too i love bad boys for life it's so much fun has that been put up for stitch up yet what bad boys too it's too long it's about five days long is it too long it's too no, it's long not. yeah it's it's more than two hours I've watched much worse stitch-ups than Bad Boys 2, don't get me wrong. I was just really disappointed with it, Human Centipede. Um, I watched Bombshell, finally. Oh, yeah? What do you think? I thought it was really good. I thought it was excellent. I thought all all three of the main cast, Margot Robbie, Nicole Kidman, Charlize Theron, they all smashed it. I thought they were all excellent in their roles. John Lithgow was fantastic as uh, the horrible old dude. And I thought it was a really interesting story and I didn't know anything about it. So maybe that, maybe I, maybe that was a a positive thing for me because I went in blind. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know, you know, who was going to be, you know, it's a true story. So I don't want to trivialize it, but who was going to be the villain and who's going to be, you know, the the hero of the story. Um, So it it made me, it was very surprising and, uh, uncomfortable to watch in places i, I th- kind of thought about the assistant that that movie uh the assistant with julie yes. julie garner is it julie garner or julia garner i can never remember which one it is julie garner yeah that one it kind yeah. of reminded me of that in that it's just that uncomfortable um theme what goes on in in some workplaces but I thought performances were excellent and I thought it was a really excellent film, really well-made film, mate. I, I thought it was quite gripping, actually. Um, I watched Walk Hard, which I've never seen before. What is that? Oh, it's the Dewey Cox story. And it's a kind of a spoof on musical biopics. So like uh, Walk the Lion and others, Bohemian okay. Rhapsody and that new David Bowie one that's not really a David Bowie one. It's kind of like that, but comedy. So it's it's ripping the piss out of all of them. I remember our our last job actually. Dimitri was showing me scenes from it, and I'd never seen it because right. I spoke films. They don't really interest me for the most part because I think most of them are crap. I went to go and see Date Movie once at the cinema, and that was horrific. 
Oh God. Um, and ever since then, I've been sort of put off. I'm not a fan of the scary movies. There are exceptions, like I, I enjoy Hot Shots yeah. and I enjoy an airplane, but for the most part, I think they're crap. So I never watched it. But that was quite funny, actually, and it's uh, quite silly. And the jokes were actually quite clever because they were mocking that kind of biopic structure, but in a really good meta way. Um, huh. And then I watched Death Proof. Quentin Tarantino, Kurt Russell, Stuntman Mike. First time watched for me. It was a Tarantino film I'd never seen. And it was all right. It was a bastard long? No, I don't think so. I think it was quite short, actually. It was like hour okay. 45 or something, something like that. Oh, yeah, that's not too bad. But it was good. I mean, it had fun parts in it. It had fun parts in it. And the ending was excellent. But, you know, there's a few of his that I need to revisit that I haven't seen in a while. I need to see Kill Bill again because I've only seen them once when they when they were released. And that's coming up 20 years now, isn't it? It's 16 years or something. I've never seen Kill Bill one or two. Oh, bloody hell. We could have got that on our martial arts episode or something. Yeah, I think that was an honourable mention. Yeah, it was actually. You're right. How else can we get them on? Have you guys done Quentin? You've done Quentin Tarantino films. I don't know if we've ever done any Tarantino films, period. Period. Look at me like I'm an American. Well, hat on backwards <laughs> and I'm saying period now. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done Tarantino. Should we put it on the theme ideas? Yeah, I reckon. That's going to be a long one, though, isn't it? If we're doing two Tarantino it is films. Be- <laughs> <laughs> we'll give ourselves a month to watch them. Yeah, we'll do it over the Christmas break or something. Next time we have a Christmas break. Um, That's all of the films I've watched, mate. I'm not going for... I've I've watched a couple more, but I'm all film talked out now. And I um, don't know what I was going to say then. You know that joke I made earlier about staying up all night to write that hilarious joke that I started the show with? (laughs) That that actually wasn't a joke. That was true. I have been up all night. I I I, I slept for about an hour and a half between 2.30 a.m. and 4 a.m. Why? And then I woke up and I just (laughs) couldn't get back to sleep. So if I start not making sense, if if I'm not making any sense, if I start drooling or or can't say my words, can't think of a word, then you know why. It might be no different to any other show, but you might not notice. It might be because of like primer situation, which we'll go into a bit of detail. We've got to talk about primer and I had no sleep. (laughs) I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'll take one for the team. It's all right. All right. All on you then for primer. Speaking of that, if we're all done on section one, should we move on to the next part? Yes. All righty. Let's move on to section two then, which is uh, this time it's our time loop theme. We're going to be talking about primer and Palm Springs. Time loop was your idea as a topic, mm-hmm. as a theme. And every week or every episode, we take it in turns to do a little intro and this time, as we said, it's back to you. So what theme intro have you got for us this time? Well, it's it's kind of a quiz, but it's more... Okay, so it's there is 40... Is there how many questions? 43 there? questions. There's 40 questions, but you don't have no. to answer them all, apparently, to, to figure out which time traveller are you. Dun-dun-dun. Okay. What are those? Oh, one of those survey things. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what's your age? What should we put, Dan? Should we put your real age or your mental? What's my age? That's the first question. Yeah. I know the answer to that. That's easy. <laughs> and Dan's like, I'm not going to share it on the podcast. Uh, 24. 24. Okay, that's what we're going to put. <laughs> what's your gender, male, female? You know the answer to that one. I'm going to put female. Okay. Question three. Do you like to dance? Yes or no? <laughs> I love to dance. I adore to dance. 
I love nothing more than to put on my shoes, my dancing shoes, and dance around on the dance. How many questions are there? 40. Uh, question four, do you like to read? That's a yes, I'm pretty sure. Do I like to read? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I like yeah. what I get from it. I don't enjoy the physical act of reading. Till I put no then. Put yeah. Uh, do you have a best friend, Albert, I guess? Just put yeah. Was that yes or no? Did they want to name Albert? Did they want a name? <laughs> no, no, they're like, do you have a best friend, yes or no? I'll just put yeah. Uh, question six, are you punctual? Am I punchable? Punctual. Punctual, no. No. Are you multilingual? 100% no. <laughs> All right, mate. Or maybe yes. No. Oh, I like this one. Would you like to be a rock star? Yes, I would fucking love to be a rock star. Oh, this is a random question. Is there anyone in history that you would rather meet than Jesus of Nazareth? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> so now there's like a few multiple choice questions. So this is question 10. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all 40. Question 10. If you bump into an 18-year-old Adolf Hitler in 1907, what would you do? Use my gun on him, kidnap him into the future, tell him he's a bloody wanker. This sounds like an Aussie <laughs> quiz yeah, after does. that. Nothing, it might change the future. Next one, teach him how to be a better painter. And the last one, it doesn't matter, the past is unchangeable. Wow. <laughs> it went from, are oh, you punctual, to what would you do with Hitler? That's a, that's a real big swing in... <laughs> <laughs> in atmosphere what a downer is there did you, was there an option to just you know you know just uh remove him from the equation was that one they said kidnap him into the future and call tell him, a him he's a bloody wanker i'll definitely yeah. do that okay call him a wanker done say oi hitler you're a knob <laughs> uh next one what is your ethnic background irish english or well, clearly english German, Austrian, Swiss, or none of the above? Anglais. Anglais. What is your I hair colour? It's like a brown, isn't it? It's like a brownie blonde. Blonde. It's more blonde. Okay. Do you play either piano or guitar? Piano, yes, guitar. Yes, guitar, but poorly. Yes, I play both. No, but I like to take a lesson. No, I'm not interested in learning. Guitar, yes, but poorly. Which of the following would you like to win deservedly? 10 Emmys, 10 Grammys, a Nobel Prize for Peace, a Nobel Prize for Science, a Congressional Medal of Honour. I feel like you'd be an Emmy. I guess so. Yeah, go for I guess so. Go for Emmy. I can't have the Peace Prize. I just told Hitler he was a knob. What is your best virtue? Charity, chastity, patience, kindness, diligence. Uh, and that's it. I would say... Patience. Patience. Yeah, you got to be patient when you podcast, isn't it? Uh, this is question twenty, but I skipped a few. What would be your preferred means of time travel? In a car, in my sleep, in a phone booth, in a small sphere, in an instant, once my work is complete. If I get a DeLorean, then I'd say in a car. Okay. What would be your motive for time traveling? Fun, profit, pleasure discovery all of the above i'm just gonna put discovery <laughs> <laughs> okay when is 97 minutes before 104 a.m whenever 11 27 a.m 11 26 p.m 
12, 27 p.m., none of the above. Uh, 11, 27. God, I, my brain was working so hard then. I felt like there was steam coming <laughs> out the top of my head. Uh, what does AD mean? As dated after death in the year of our Lord, I don't know. I thought it was after denomini. It's going to be after death. Okay. Before Christ, after death. Very important piece of time measurement that we use. This is a random question. If you needed to find Albert Einstein, where would you go? 1879, Germany. 1907, Austria. Feb to 1950, Pennsylvania, 1955, California, 1955, New Jersey, 1969, Australia. I'm going to guess Austria. Austria. Okay, this will be the last question. Which do you usually prefer, action, comedy, drama, romance? Romance. Action. (laughs) No romance. Oh, one, one last question, actually. Have you ever been an inventor? Not that I'm aware of. Of this podcast, no? I mean, I didn't invent podcasts. So I, you... I invented this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not an inventor. I've never invented anything. I've always wanted to as a kid. What would you have wanted to invent? Honestly, a time machine. That was my dream when I was a really? kid. Really? Like, yeah, because of Back to the Future, I made a little time travel car out of cardboard boxes and thought it was a time machine. Aww. And I had a robot as well. Where would you want to time travel? 1997. What happened in 1997? And watch Starship Troopers again. What would I do? <laughs> uh, um, where would I go? Oh, the world is your oyster. Where, where do you want to go? I would say, I mean, I'd like to see a dinosaur. I'd definitely do that from a safe distance. Mm. Uh, and I'd want to go in the future and, and see when we blow ourselves all up, just to see when it is. Yeah. Where would you go? I don't know. This question was supposed to be for you, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was thinking with like we'll we'll soon discuss in Palm Springs. But it's like if you had to be in a time loop with someone, who would you want to be with? Would you want to be with like your partner with Sarah? Yes, yeah, of course, of course it would be Sarah. Of course it would be Sarah, definitely. Unless Jean Claude Van Damme's available, that'd be quite interesting to be stuck in a time loop with Jean Claude Van Damme during <laughs> his double impact phase. Would you like to know the results of your quiz? Are the results in, are they? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So you would be Bill S. Preston Esquire from Bill and Ted. Bill S. Preston Esquire. I had a feeling that was going to come up when you asked me the rock star question. But then when you asked me about the car, I thought I might switch to Marty McFly. Or Doc. Or the dog. I'd probably be the dog. Marty McFly, is that would have been the second option. That was 70%. You're least likely to be the T-800 Terminator. What? I resent that. (laughs) Anyway, that's our little intro for Time Loop. Bill S. Preston Esquire. I guess that makes you Ted Theodore Logan. Sure. All right. So thank you very much for that intro. Should we get on to talking about the films? Yes. What are we going to start with? So I I thought we'd start with Palm Springs, the funny one. Just delaying primer as long as possible. <laughs> so Palm Springs 2020, it was directed by Max Barbacow. Doesn't sound right, does it? It stars Andy Sandberg as Niles, Kristen Malotti as Sarah, and J.K. Simmons as Roy. Synopsis for Palm Springs. When carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. The budget was $5 million. 
and the box office was 765,000. But it was a quick, quick fact right off the bat before we get into talking about it. It was the biggest sale in history of Sundance by 69 cents. It just or it beat the birth of a nation by 69 cents. And I've, I haven't written down the actual figure, but I think it was about 17 million. So it set a record at Sundance, which is surprising because it is a fairly broad comedy accessible to everyone, I would say. Like there's nothing yeah. too offensive or controversial about this film. You could sit down and watch it with your family. There maybe there's depends on who your family are, but maybe there are some slightly risque moments. But for the most part, I think it's a pretty safe film. So it's a, it's a comedy. It's a time loop comedy. And I suppose the obvious comparison is going to be Groundhog Day, where there's a dude and he's stuck in a time loop. But what I like about Palm Springs and what it does differently to Groundhog Day is that when we're introduced to Andy Sandberg, he's already in his time loop. And he's been in this time loop for a fairly long time, it seems. Yeah, the very the opening scene is Andy Sandberg wakes up and he's sharing a room with his partner. He's clearly bored. You know, you can take it like it's odd because it's an odd setup. You think, well, there's nothing, something not quite right, like he's a bit off. And then he, they go to this wedding because that's why they're in this hotel room because they're going to a wedding. And he's got to relive uh, the wedding day over and over again. And we were talking earlier about time travel. And I was thinking a wedding day is definitely the least day that I would want to relive over and over again. Same yeah. speeches, the same music that all the wedding DJs put on um saturday night and yeah and um <laughs> yeah wedding day is definitely the least day that i would want to relive so he, he wakes up in the same bed every day exactly like groundhog day if he dies he wakes up the next day he can feel pain but if he goes to sleep or dies he just wakes up in exactly the same place and it's the wedding again i really enjoyed the first 20 minutes of him larking around like the dance scene and he seemed to know exactly what everyone yeah. was going to do <laughs> His speech slayed me. I thought it was hilarious. But then he meets Sarah and they kind of click. Out of nowhere, he gets an arrow in the back by a character called Roy, played by J.K. Simmons. And Niles is severely injured and he manages to crawl to this cave and it looks like that's where he resets to go to the next day again before he dies. Or the same day, tomorrow, today. Tomorrow is today, yesterday was today, today is today. But Sarah follows him, in, him into the cave and she gets trapped in a time loop with him. And it's just about them getting over their character flaws, I guess. Yeah. And their hang-ups because Sarah has, has got a few secrets of her own, as we learn. I mean, it goes without saying on his podcast, but, you know, it is quite a new film. So I would just say full spoilers for Palmer Springs. I probably should have said that right yeah. up top, but... I'll put it in the episode description. But yeah, she gets trapped in the uh, in the time loop with him and she is pissed. She is so pissed. But it's, uh, it's a very funny film. It made me laugh a lot, this film. It made me laugh out loud six or seven times. Yeah. Their um, dance routine they create and then they uh, go into the bar and they start dancing and then they like stick their fingers up at everyone and they're like, oh, and then run out again. That's great. I love that because they've got those, they've got, yeah. <laughs> they've got the denim jackets on with the neckerchiefs, the red neckerchiefs, and they do their little yeah. choreographed dance and then smash the bottle on the floor. Like you say, yeah, that, that had me dancing. That had me laughing as well. And dancing. That's the sort of shit you would do because you can do anything. You can learn anything. So why not go and learn a little dance? and go and perform it in a bar it's like oh there is a plane we've never flown a plane before let's just yeah hijack this plane and let's fly it and then oh mayday mayday 
hits the ground and then when they wake up they're like no and then they realize they're back in bed again starting the the next day just having a gag because they're just drinking the whole time because there are no consequences because they wake up presuming i thought about this actually because when they wake up in the hotel wouldn't it be this is probably what would happen to me like i would do a time loop i'd enter a time loop on a day that i've got a hangover so every day i'd wake up with a hangover that would be what would happen to me that would be horrible (laughs) it would be horrific wouldn't it imagine having a hangover for the rest of your life for the rest of eternity but yeah they do all sorts of crazy things she learns about quantum physics and time travel theory and she's speaking to professors and uh she's trying to figure out how to get out because she's pissed she wants to get out because every day she's waking up and it turns out she'd slept with the groom and she wakes up in his room every day and it's her it's her sister's wedding so she feels really guilty about it and just can't deal with it anymore yeah so brother-in-law so she's she's got to deal with that and that's what i meant when they're both dealing with their their character flaws and i, I suppose niles is a bit nihilistic and, and and lonely and it's a little bit more rich than your sort of standard comedy um you don't learn much about their past but you know enough about them and i I like the way it was structured as well one thing about this film that really struck me was i really liked how it was structured in that they were already in a time loop because that made immediately from a comedy perspective in my head anyway it sets up andy sandberg as this really smug character so when like sarah comes into the equation and she's challenging him his smug nature contrasted with being made an idiot of that made that all the more funny to me so i thought it was actually structured really really well and it's like the best possible case of you know how you can structure because it's been done before time loop films it's been done loads of times i've seen it so many times and it's like oh time loop but horror oh time loop but comedy oh time loop but drama you know a time loop but kangaroos and (laughs) it's been so it's been done loads of times so it was while it was an old kind of way of telling a story it was kind of done in quite a unique way I, I i really liked that that was probably the thing i enjoyed most about this film and also like another important thing so niles promised never to bring anyone else in the time loop because roy who actually was at the wedding he met at the wedding yeah and uh seemed like this crazy guy He's like, oh yeah, the the MC's got coke in his in his pocket. Let's uh let's grab it and then <laughs> I, I got have... it. <laughs> I got it. Let's get I don't out know of what here. That is. <laughs> um, and then you know they they're just in in the middle of nowhere, and Roy's like, oh, I want to live this day forever. And Niles thinks, oh great, I've got a yeah. companion to be part of this. And next minute, Roy's like, so pissed off. At least he wakes up every morning at his home yeah and he he just popped out every so often to fuck with miles and yeah you know either shoot him or you know become a police officer and oh that that was a pretty funny scene actually when he's a police yeah. officer and sarah's like this this police officer is following us sarah rams the car into him and then another police officer tases niles that's when she realizes that she can't live in this time loop anymore. And she needs to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. And for me, that's where the film started to come apart was the, the third act and what happened at the end. I really enjoyed everything up to that, but overall I really enjoyed it. It was just, I didn't really enjoy how it ended with the whole blowing yourself up in that three second window. And getting out of the time loop that way. Yeah, but honestly, I don't know what I would have done differently. Uh, me, cynical yeah. bastard, I probably would have just kept him in a time loop. 
um, and made it about being happy with what you got. Was it because it was a bit lovey-dovey at the end? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. It was a little bit like I'm miserable and now I'm going to get in a relationship and all of a sudden I'm happy. This relationship has saved me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't I didn't love it. But it built up so much goodwill before that that it really didn't make that much difference to me. Like I could still enjoy this film. My favourite scene was the bomb in the cake. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, got to me. Sarah, Sarah's pretending to be a pirate. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they put C4 in the cake and Sandberg puts the C4 on, a, on an arrow and fires it off into the sky and it explodes. And he's like, don't worry, I was a bomb guy. <laughs> and they do a little show, a little performance and she's, yeah, it's great. Really good two main characters. I, lo- I really enjoyed how S- uh, Niles is just kind of clueless and then Sarah enters the time loop and she figures it all out. Because this is your first time watching this film, correct? Yes, yeah, my first time watch. Yeah. It was your second watch, was it? Second, second slash third watch. Oh, okay. When I watched it on the weekend, I watched it with my friend and the final scene supposedly is them in a pool at this house and I thought it ends there and then you wait through the credits and then next minute yeah. Roy has got a voice message and I, I missed that the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, oh that's okay. what Sarah's doing. She's leaving a voice message for Roy. He goes up to Niles and is like, hey, mate, and he's like, oh, I've never met you before. So he's like, oh, shit, it actually worked. So he's going to plan to get out of this time loop as well yeah actually i'd quite like to see that as a sequel mm. see jk sims character trying to get out of the time loop uh, it, yeah, yeah i'd really like to see that actually make it happen did you think that the grandma was also in the time loop it seemed like she may have been in the time loop as well no it's not something that i picked up on um i wasn't trying to second guess the film too much so i did figure out that he was already in the time loop when he at the start of the film when he was doing these sort of bobbing and weaving through the dance dance, dance crowd, <laughs> yeah, because he seemed to know what was going to happen and, and the right things to say and yeah. stuff. Nothing else clicked with me. I wasn't looking for any clues or anything. Final thoughts. Should we do some final thoughts on it? Yeah. Well, I think I've said everything that I want to say on it, really, just to reiterate that I thought it was very funny. It made me laugh multiple times, made me smile, didn't make me snigger. It, I either laughed out loud or I smiled. And... When Sarah entered the, the film, it just got even funnier. And really good main cast and good characters. And it was great. I loved it right up until the third act, as I said, where it sort of lost me a little bit with all of the lovey-dovey stuff and the kind of the final outcome. Excellent film. Didn't quite stick the landing for me, but it's a good comedy. It makes me laugh. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It's a comedy. It was supposed to make you laugh, and it, it did that in spades. Yeah. So what did you think? On a third I, on a third watch, like, does it hold up to, to rewatches? I, yeah, it does actually. Okay. I didn't get. It's not like I watched it for the third time. I was like, oh yeah, this is all right. Actually, I was still laughing throughout the film. Good. The lovey-dovey stuff doesn't really bother me because I do like. I don't mind a good romantic film. Yeah. Last last time on the podcast, when I said sci-fi comedy, it did say romance on there. I was like, oh, I'm not going to say romance because I know Dan will not choose this film. Oh, you <laughs> sneaky bastard! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll give this an 8.5 out of 10 I still I quite like it it's, and it's a movie Solid. that I'll constantly watch as well it's an yeah. easygoing comedy that you can go back to good successful then oh. good choice mate let's move on to, well, let's move on to Primer <laughs> 
So you, you chose this film, mate. This was on yours. I know, I know it was, and I really listen. I really like Primer, but we've got to talk about what happened and why it happened. So Primer, two thousand four. It was directed by Shane Carruth. He's only directed one other feature since then, uh, and that was two thousand thirteen's Upstream Color. And he's had some other acting and editing credits. He comes from an engineering background, uh, which would explain some of the more technical and complicated dialogue right. in the film. Yeah, uh, uh, and apparently he's planning on retiring when he's 50, and he's currently, at the time of recording, he's 48 or 49. But he's very close to being mm. 50, so he's very close to retiring, and if he only makes two films, that will be a damn shame. What other film has he made? Upstream Colour. I need, I need to see okay. it. I've not not seen it, but I'd, I'd like to, and I'd like to see what else is in that brain of his, because he's a... A very creative guy and sort of watching this film and the commentary as well some of the solutions he had to some of the issues during the filmmaking which i, I might speak about i might not but hmm. he's a very clever guy clearly and obviously coming from an engineering engineering background he's got all of this real world science to build off so primer let's do a synopsis then shall we the tagline it's only 77 minutes long which is good mm. two short films this yeah. week the other one was 90 minutes this one was 77 minutes so that was that was good this week don't know how long the love guru was but we'll get on to that so the tagline for primer is what happens if it actually works and the synopsis reads friends and fledgling entrepreneurs invent a device in their garage which reduces the apparent mass of any object placed inside it but they discover that it has some highly unexpected capabilities ones that could enable them to do and have seemingly anything they want taking advantage of of this unique opportunity is the first challenge they face dealing with the consequences is the next i wrote a note here it said we should have picked groundhog day oh let's do it's bill murray's eating a cake <laughs> um <laughs> so the first thing i'll say with primer is um i had to watch it twice i've seen it once before long long time ago when it came out or a few years after it came out and i re mm -hmm. recently purchased it on dvd so i put it on I kept falling asleep. So I rewound it. I, I I watched it all. Same. But I was very tired and I kept falling asleep. And then later on that day, I had, I'd had a nap and I put it on again. And so I watched it twice from start to finish. And I also watched the commentary. And because it didn't make any fucking sense, I watched a YouTube video with illustrations about how different oh. versions of Aaron and Abe yeah. <laughs> enter the box. Yeah, I watched <laughs> and that. Exit well. the box. Oh, so complicated. So basically, two main characters. It's a very, very simple setup. Yeah. For such a, and it has to be because what happens is so complex that the setup has to be simple. Two scientists, Abe and Aaron, working in a garage, a la Silicon Valley, kind of like an incubator. And they completely by accident, they invent a time machine. I don't know what they're trying to invent. I think they wanted to create a time machine. I don't think they did. No. No, well, when they first invented it, they thought it was just some kind of, uh, you know, energy producing device because they got it up and running and then they removed the two batteries and it's it ran for like a little bit of time afterwards. So they were like, oh, free energy. And now we're going to try and sell yeah. it as that. But because they didn't quite understand it, they said, oh, we're going to sit on it for a couple of months. I really think we should stay away from how many versions of people there are in this. There's like three and two or... I don't know. Well, potentially there's an infinite amount of Aaron's. Yeah. But on the YouTube video, explanation video with uh, diagrams written in crayon, especially for me, um, it, <laughs> it, it, it showed six. So yeah. basically they build a time machine. The rules that they establish, they kind of set the rules so that 
you could only travel back to where they switched on the machine which makes sense mm-hmm. in physics like yeah. time travel obviously is not possible but they do say that in theory if you invented a time machine you could only travel to the point w- where you invented it and you can only go back for the period of time that you can spend in a box so if they went in a box at 3 p.m on tuesday if they stayed in there for six hours you know they had some water maybe they had to sleep then they would get out at 9 a.m tuesday morning. morning yes and that was the the one thing one there are many things that i admire about this film but it's the science it's the logic that they apply it's the rules that they establish and just their plan because they plan to do it responsibly they take themselves out of the equation so before they plan their trips to the past in advance and they go to a hotel room for the day knowing that their future selves are going to travel to the past yeah and then when they exit the hotel room they travel back so it completes the loop and they do that so they can look at the stock markets and, you know, earn a bit of money, yeah. Yeah, they've got this time machine. They haven't really got any application for it other than, fucking hell, we've invented a time machine. Let's make loads of money immediately, which, you know, you would. You would. So they create two time machines, one each, and they put them in a storage facility. As well as like a, like a burner or... They call it a fail-safe. That's right. Backup machine that Abe makes doesn't tell Aaron about it and throughout the film it film just happens like linearly but what you don't realize until you get to the end of the film is that what you've been watching is not the original versions of the characters like you see Aaron and he's got headphones in and what we learn is that Aaron had found out about Abe's failsafe and traveled back to the very first point where that was turned on before all of this happened but he's trying to change something that happens at a party someone goes to a party and they get out a shotgun and you never find out what actually happened to first go round. so Abe is dating this girl named Rachel I think and it's like her ex somehow is invited to his party and comes in with a shotgun and Aaron's trying to prevent severe consequences from happening so hence why he goes back in time yeah and he goes so he goes back and he um because he's gone back so far like he stashes a load of food in the time machine with him and he goes back for a few days goes back a few days so he's now living in a reality where there's multiple versions of himself he drugs himself in the past and puts him in the attic Mm -hmm. and then he gets to the end of the film and he's stuck in the past and then there are multiple versions of him so he decides to get on a plane and just bug off and that is primer done it wasn't that hard actually was it right no, I I almost went in down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out where they went in and where they came out, but I'm not going to do that. I'll just watch mm-hmm. the video again afterwards. Maybe we should put a video link in the podcast description because if anyone's seen it and they want to know what's happening, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> watch it, the 20-minute YouTube ex- that explains exactly what happened. Yeah, but I don't think we mentioned a budget on it this week. Last week I said that I thought the budget was about 10000 and I was wrong. Yeah. It was 7000 It was less. They hired the cameras, but for the most part, all of the other stuff was kind of favours. They used friends' apartments. He did all of these own foley work in his own apartment and overlaid all of the sound in post. Yeah, the sound was a bit odd in the film. Yeah, it weren't great. It, it wasn't great. There was yeah. a few instances where you couldn't quite hear the dialogue. There was one scene where it was hard to hear where they were near some running water. The picture is quite grainy, but it was made for seven grand. I think you've got to try and overlook those things because it was made for seven thousand. Actually, watching the commentary, I would highly recommend watching the commentary because he does give you some insight into how he made it uh he's very candid about the mistakes that they made like they rehearsed 
for ages. So when they hired the cameras and the film was rolling, that was their final take. But because Shane Carruth, who played Aaron, and he was also a director, some of the scenes where he's with Abe, you can see him mouth the word cut at the end of a scene. Oh, really? just mouth the word cut. Yeah, they took the audio out. Obviously, they took the sound out of it. But Shane, fair play to him on the, on the commentary, said, look, if you look here, you can see me mouth the word cut. Apparently, there's several instances of that happening. And yeah, sound was a bit off. A couple of shots were out of focus. But in a film like this, it kind of works with the narrative as well because... It is about a couple of dudes that are just kind of throwing bits of household items together to invent something. So that kind of cobbled together feel of the film also works with the narrative, I think. So it actually works. Like you could screw up a few things in this and I feel like it doesn't take away from the film. But I keep saying it, but you've got to remember it's made for seven grand. And when you consider like the room cost a million quid, this costs seven grand. It's like, you know, this is how you make a film for less than 10,000. It's such a shame that we haven't seen more from, from Shane. Uh, and I really hope he gets to make his some more some more stuff before he's 50. It'd be a right shame if he yeah. didn't. I think we're pretty much done, aren't we, on Primer? We're definitely not explaining yeah. how many versions of Aaron there were. Let's just do some final thoughts. I still enjoy this film. It takes a while, but if you think about it enough and you have YouTube, it does make sense, unlike another time travel movie which i won't mention <clears throat> tenet i really like how it wasn't dumbed down we mentioned about how shane Karoff has an engineering background and he was quite adamant yeah. like no i want to keep all this stuff in the script i don't want to make it more accessible to everybody because it's not that type of film i, I liked that part of it uh, there are some limitations on the production on, a, on account of the super low budget but how it was executed was was pretty textbook i think you know making the the most out of what you have around you what's available and it was just a really original time travel story and seven grand i'll just keep saying seven grand uh 8.5 out of 10 wow what do you reckon i haven't properly seen this movie from start to finish i feel like if there's a film that you need to watch from start to finish it's primer it has to be this one <laughs> yeah. i definitely will watch it again and for the moment I, like the concept is great. I think it's probably one of the most confusing time travel films that I've ever watched before. Agreed, yeah. I'm going to give it a 7.5, but that might change once I've watched it a few more times. I think you should watch it over and over. Just like a time loop. Yeah, it's getting a time loop and watch Primer every day for the rest of eternity. All in all, a success. Two films higher than a seven. That's pretty good. A comedy and a really heavy sci-fi drama mystery. A good, nice mixture of genres there within the time loop theme. Yeah. All in all, a successful trip to time loopville, I would say. So moving on to the next part of section two then this is the part where we announce the theme for the next episode usually usually exactly usually being the key word there this week we are not picking the films we are just announcing the theme and the reason we're not picking the films is because we're going to pick the films next week what i'm going to do is announce the theme and then you have to tune in next week for our picks so the theme is post-apocalyptic movies mm -hmm. so films set post-apocalypse after a war, maybe there's been a disease, maybe there's been a pandemic of some kind. That's completely unimaginable, though, isn't it? Too real. It's too real. But funny enough, I played Pandemic on the weekend. I was like, oh, this is too real. This is too real. What's that, like a theme park <laughs> type thing? No, no, it's, it's, a board, it's a board game. 
same. And um, oh. there's like viruses all over the world and you have to like go and clear it up kind of thing. It's like, shit, this, this is actually happening right now. Holy <laughs> shit. But that's what we're going for. We're going for post-apocalyptic. That's my theme. So the next episode will be our post-apocalyptic picks. So tune in next week to hear what they are, which means we're going to skip right ahead to section three and stitch up. And it's been a bit of a weird period lately because I lost four in a row. Then you lost four in a row. Then I lost one. Mm -hmm. Then you lost one. And it's kind of starting to even out because when we first started doing this back in what, April 2020, you and I, yeah, I was losing all the time. All the time. And you're starting to catch up. And right now you've got a little review to do on Mike Myers, the, the Love Guru. The Love Guru, directed by Marco Schnabel. That's exactly how you pronounce it. Came out in 2018, 87 minutes long. And the synopsis is... Born in America and raised in an Indian ashram, Pitka returns to his native land to seek his fortune as a spiritualist and self-help expert. His skills are put to a test when he must get a broken-hearted hockey player marriage back on track in time for the man to help his team win the Stanley Cup. Guru Pitka is Mike Myers. Jessica Alba is Jane Bullard. JT's in this, Justin Timberlake. Uh, his nickname is Le Coq. Le Coq. Uh, <laughs> because he's got a massive knob. Yep, that is exactly why. Le Coq Grande. The Moy Grande. I wrote a couple of the cast down as well. Uh, Kanye West is in this. Yeah, there's heaps of big cast in this. Yeah. I didn't get the budget. 62 million. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In 2000, when was it? 2008. 62 million. Yeah. For a comedy in 2008. I reckon most of it was Kanye West's fee. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Because I guess, um, what did he previously do? Austin Powers. Is that similar type of comedy? Yeah, I I got that. Because I watched a few scenes and some reviews and stuff on YouTube. And it looked Mm. like kind of that opening sequence. Doesn't he do a song? Like on an elephant or something? Or is he doing a bit of a dance like he does in Austin Powers? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. There's a a couple of musical parts throughout this film. I must say, it looked horrendous. It was fantastic. You Uh, should definitely watch it. Val Kilmer, I saw his name pop up somewhere. Ben Kingsley, yeah. Vern Troyer, and Morgan Freeman yeah. does a voiceover. Yeah, and Mike Myers is pretending to be doing this voiceover. Super random. Yeah. So Mike Myers is this love guru, and he's like the second highest guru in the world, and he wants to be number one. And the only way to be number one is to come on Oprah. And obviously you have to do something pretty amazing to do that. So this hockey team hires Pitka to get Prudence and Darren back together because they were previously married and they they recently had broken up. And Prudence has gone with uh, JT's character, Lecoq, who's now dating Kim. So, yeah, Mike Myers is hired to get these two back together. That's plot. That's plot. That is plot. (sighs) This film uh, won a load of awards. I'm guessing Best Picture, <laughs> you know, Best Actor, Best Sound Design. 
Best Musical. Close. It won the Razzies for Worst Actor, Worst Picture and Worst Screenplay. And um, apparently Empire readers, they voted for it to be the third worst film ever made, just behind Batman and Robin and Battlefield Earth. Wow. Two of your films that we've yet to be on (laughs) Stitch Up, so. I put Battlefield Earth on a poll for you once, but it didn't. Oh, yeah, you did too. You didn't get voted for, yeah. I I really wanted you to watch that as well. I so wanted you to watch that. (laughs) But Batman and Robin Robin has never made it on yet. Not yet. Back to the review. Back to Nicole in his studio. So, yeah, so... Pitka goes to see Darren and figures out, you know, how how to get Prudence back. Uh, Darren is on the ice and he's, you know, trying to hit the puck into the goal and he's failing. And then Pitka says, oh, you know, your wife wants, Prudence wants you back and he's hitting the goals instantly. So he obviously knows that, you know, the way for him to win the Stanley Cup is to get them back together. And he obviously still loves his wife. So uh, he gets Darren to write a letter and give it to Prudence. And she's like, well, that's not good enough. You know, she wants him to improve. And it's more about him improving on his anger and becoming a better person we spoke about palm springs and one of the issues i had about it was that the end of the film is that the relationship saves them it sounds a little bit yeah. like the love guru is that as well the relationship yeah. makes the ice hockey team great again yep i definitely didn't enjoy this film and just like some of the jokes were really silly in it you know darren and prudence get back together and then when it's the grand final he gets distracted again and the way for him to get undistracted is for two elephants having sex on the ice and everyone focuses on that then he is focused again and then scores the final goal and the team wins happy ending two elephants having sex i was not expecting that (laughs) it's something i've never seen in a film before to be fair at least it was an original concept but it sounds pretty horrible. I'll t- tell you what, the impression I got, it looked like they were trying so hard with the jokes. Like it looks like there's a lot of visual humour with this with like background stuff going on. I guess like a like a Mike Myers film, like with the Austin Powers stuff, there's a lot of visual jokes happening, like nudity and inappropriate um, stuff going on in the background. But it just looked like it was maybe trying a little bit too hard for me. Yeah. That's the impression I got. Yeah, you, you, you nailed it literally i'm not gonna say any more on this film i'm gonna give it a 1.5 out of 10 <laughs> that's pretty low 1.5 wow all right well i call that a success yeah well done all right if you're done then should we move on to the next part where we've got to find out who's lost the next poll because in the last episode we announced the stitch up films for each other for the upcoming poll you chose for me a film called jack the giant slayer because your mother was watching it on television and you thought it would be a good idea to give me it yeah. as a potential <laughs> to watch. and i chose for you atlantic rim oh, i'm gonna say rim i'm gonna say <laughs> rim 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 well aren't you lucky that i get to watch this film <laughs> next time what I said, aren't you lucky I get to watch this film next time? Are you telling me that you lost the poll? Yep. It was five votes, two votes for Giant Killer, and then three for Atlantic Rim. Ooh. You lost again. You're catching up. You're catching up. All right. Calm down, you. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Nicole shall be watching Atlantic Rim. Dan will be making jokes about rimming. 
just as a fair warning. <laughs> oh my god, so mature. You had the hours better than fisting. For the next episode, then you're you're going to be watching Atlantic Rim. I say the next episode. It's going to be in two weeks' time when we do our post-apocalyptic yes. reviews. We are still going to announce the next poll options on this episode. So I've got a little film for you uh, for the oh. next poll. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's a little film. stars Britney Spears. And it's called... Oh crossroads oh blast from the past i've watched this very very long time ago oh that's all too bad i mean it's probably not that great but uh i've got i've got hopefully something a lot worse for you (laughs) it's called the garbage pale kids movie Have you been on my stitch up list again? What are you talking about? You've been constantly stealing off my stitch up list. I have not. You stole off mine. I had a list for you told me when we first started doing this podcast that I had a list for Albert and I forgot to make it private on Letterboxd and you looked up on my list and you got a load of ideas from that. I've not. Everyone, please vote for garbage pack. <laughs> uh, in two weeks' time then, when we uh, announce the poll results. It's going to be between Crossroads for you and the Garbage Pail Kids for me. That poll I'm going to put on this time on my Instagram, which you can see on flick.face. If you want to catch up with the show, you can do it at Twin Picks Pod on Instagram. You can email the show at twinpickspod at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can do it at ko-fi.com slash twinpickspod. We've got a YouTube channel now. Hey. And we've put all of our episodes on there and uh we're going to be releasing those every week now so if you if you prefer a youtube if that's your platform of choice you can go and have a look at our videos on there they're just audio files of our of our show but you never know what else I was you gonna might say, put on there one day does it come up with subtitles yeah it does does it come up properly the odd word was out but for the most part yeah. it was pretty spot on which really surprised me well yeah if there's any listeners that know of anyone that has a hearing impairment they can read our podcast and enjoy it that way yeah Yeah. good point where can we find you you can find me on instagram at chikanika or nika creative yeah so if you made it this far thank you very much for listening don't forget to tune in next week to our picks episode where you can hear us choose our post-apocalyptic movies for the next episode see ya see ya bye Mr. Norris. I've got to do Norris. Goodbye, Norris, and see you next Tuesday, Australia. Nearly forgot that.